Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father, I just praise you and I worship you today for your goodness, for your faithfulness, for your compassion and your grace. Thank you that you've forgiven us, that you've received us as one of your own. We bless you. We praise you. We open our hearts to you and to your spirit today. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise, praise God. I want to tell you a story this morning. That's not going to have a teaching per se. Normally I teach, but I feel like this morning I just want to, just want to tell you a story. It comes out of one of the, to me, one of the greatest stories in the Bible. It's about a woman named. Rahab. So let's open our Bibles this morning to the book of Judges, the book of Joshua, I'm sorry, the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 2. This is the beginning of the story of how the children of Israel began to conquer the promised land that God had promised, the land that God had promised them. It says in Joshua chapter 2, verse 1, then Joshua the son of Nun, it's a little bit lengthy, so hang in there. But it's, I get, it's the, we've got to put the story in perspective. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two spies secretly from Shittim, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot, whose name was Rahab, and lodged there. The children of Israel have been wandering in the desert for 40 years, and they're finally coming to the to the place where they're going to enter the promised land. Now they haven't, they're not in yet. They're on the east side of the Jordan River <clears throat> and they're getting ready to enter and Joshua sends spies to kind of reconnoiter and see what's going on. So it was told the king of Jericho saying, Behold, men from the sons of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. And the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out the, all the land. <coughs> Excuse me. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. It came about 
when it was time to shut the gate at dark, that the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them in the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued them on the road to, to the Jordan, to the fords. As soon as those who were pursuing them had gone, had gone out, they shut the gate. Now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that the terror of us has fallen, terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites, who were beyond the Jordan, Sihon and Og, who were utterly destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted, and no courage remained in any, in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord your God, he is a God in heaven and above, heaven above and on earth beneath. Now therefore, please, swear to me by the Lord, since you have dealt kindly with, since I have dealt kindly with you, that you also will deal kindly with my father's household, and give me a pledge of truth, and spare my fathers and my mother and my brothers and my sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. So the men said to her, our life for yours if you do not tell this business of ours and it shall come about when the Lord gives us the land that we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. That's a little bit long, but that's the story. I think we all know about the story of Jericho, how the God had him march around the, the city once for six, for six days. On the seventh day, they marched around the city seven times, and they shouted, and the walls come down. I think that's one of the Bible stories that most everybody knows. The walls of Jericho came tumbling down. But there's another story that's going on here. It's one of my favorite in the whole Bible. The spies, before the spies go to, go to Jericho, this woman called Rahab. She was a harlot. And she hides them and makes a deal with them for their life, life for life. And they agree. So the spies return to Joshua. Israel crosses the Jordan. Jericho is taken. And her family are spared. And they, live, and they begin to live amongst the Israelites. Let me just read that just quickly in in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 20. So the people shouted. This is when the wall came down. So the people shouted and the priests blew the trumpets. When the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout. And the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city. <clears throat> Every man straight ahead. And they took the city. They utterly destroyed everything in the city. <coughs> both man and woman young and old oxen sheep and donkey and with the edge of the sword and Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land go into the harlot's house and bring the woman and all she has out of there as you have sworn to her so the young men who were spies went in 
and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brothers and all that she had. They also brought out all the relatives and placed them outside the camp of Israel. They burned the city with fire and all that was in it, only the silver and the gold, the articles of bronze and iron, they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. However, Rahab the harlot and her father's household and all she had, Joshua spared. And she has lived in the midst of the Israel to this day, for she hid the messages whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. So she's rescued, and the Bible says she just begins, she lives amongst Israel to this day. And that seems to be the end of the story of Rahab, but it's not. I want to continue on and, and trace kind of the life of this beautiful woman of God. Fast forward now about 200 to 250 years. I had to look that one up. I said, I wanted to say, we're going to go to the book of Ruth, if you can find the book of Ruth. I said, I wonder how long is this after, after, after they conquered Jericho? How long is it before the book of Ruth kind of chronologically happens? And I looked it up. It said about 200 to 250 years. So fast forward a couple hundred years and go to the book of Ruth. What happens in the book of Ruth is there's a man named Elimelech. He's married to a woman named Naomi, and they have two sons. Well, there's a famine that occurs in the land of Israel. So Elimelech takes his wife and their two sons to Moab because he heard that there's food in Moab. While they're there in Moab, Elimelech dies. The husband dies. His two sons marry Moabite women, and then tragically, the two sons die. So Naomi is left there with, the, with her two daughters-in-law. And she hears that the famine is over in Israel and decides to return. She encourages her daughters-in-law to stay in their homeland and find new husbands. But Ruth refuses, and expressing her allegiance, she says these famous words that's recorded in Ruth. Oh, where'd that go? It says, she, she says to Naomi, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. So she goes back to Israel with Naomi. When they're back there, when they get back to Israel, Ruth, the daughter-in-law, goes out to glean the fields for food for her and Naomi. <clears throat> this is a part of what's in, in the law. In Deuteronomy, it's listed in Leviticus chapter 9. But when people reaped the harvest, or when they took the olives off the olive tree, they, they were supposed to not reap the whole field. They were supposed to leave some for the poor people to come and glean. And so Ruth is out gleaning in the fields, trying to get some food for her and Naomi. And she happens upon a field of a man named Boaz. Boaz is a wealthy man. He's a godly man. He's also very kind and compassionate. He's a generous man. 
and he inquires about this young woman. He sees this young woman gleaning in the fields. And he says to her, and aware of who she is, he says he treats her very kindly. Look what it says in Ruth chapter 2 and verse 8. And Boaz said to Ruth, Listen carefully, my daughter. Do not go out to glean in another field. Furthermore, do not go out from this one, but stay here with my maids. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap, and go after them. Indeed, I have commanded the servants not to touch you. When, when you are thirsty, go to the water jars, and drink from what, what the servants draw. Then she fell on her face, bowing down to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your sight, that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? And Boaz replied, All that you have done for your mother-in-law after the death of your husband has been fully reported to me, and how you left your father, your mother, the land of your birth, and came to a people that you did not previously know. So Ruth finds favor with Boaz because of the way she's treated, the way she's acted, the way she's treated her mother-in-law. You know, I just want to kind of go in a different direction for just a minute. When we decide, when, when you decide to live what's right, when you decide to live right, like this woman did, like Ruth did, eventually it'll come back to you. You can't, you can't live for God. You can't live right and not have God bless you. It's a principle in the word of God called sowing and reaping. Whatever you sow, the Bible says. In Galatians chapter 6, it says, Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. For whatever a man sows, this will he also reap. If you sow to the flesh, you'll you'll reap from the flesh. If you sow to the spirit, you'll reap from the spirit. And then the Bible says, Do not grow weary in well-doing. For in due time you shall reap if you faint not. So when you start living for God... God is going to eventually, the blessings of God are going to come into your life. I'm telling you, it happens. We've seen it over and over and over again. People people who start living for God. It doesn't happen right away. Things don't always turn around right away. But you've got to just start making up your mind. I'm going to live, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to give my life to God. I'm going to live for him. And God, the blessings of God, they're going to come. They'll come to you. In Deuteronomy chapter, don't have to go there, but I just want to share some scriptures with you about how God blesses the righteous. In Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 1, it says, If you'll hearken, diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. If you start living for God, blessings will eventually come. They will. In Psalm 5, it says, For thou, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. God favors the righteous, the the ones who are living right, the ones who decide, I'm not going to live like the world. I'm not going to do the things they do. I'm going to live right. I'm going to trust God and live right. In Psalm 37, it says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18, it says, The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that grows brighter and brighter until the full day. I tell you, when you're living for God, God will bless you. His blessings will come. It's, it's, that, it's that principle. But we have, to, we have to live right first. We have, to do, we have to do what's right first. It's up to us to take the first step. 
It's like in the Beatitudes when Jesus said, blessed are the merciful for they shall, they shall obtain mercy. If we, if we are merciful, then mercy will come back to us. It's a principle in the word of God. I tell you, it works every time. In Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19, it says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And in Hebrews 11:6, 6, there's a scripture we all know. It says, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you're living for God, the blessings of God are going to come to you. They are. And that's what's happening in the life of Ruth. Ruth is living, she's living the right, she's doing the right thing. She's blessing her mother-in-law. She's helping. She's living God, a godly lifestyle. And that's been reported to Boaz. People, I tell you, people know when you're living right. You get a reputation. You can have a good reputation or a bad one. She's got a good one. And it, and it resulted in her a blessing. But let me, just, let me just share something with you that, that, I, that I heard in a message many, many years ago concerning this man, Boaz. In 1980, I think it was 1984, my wife and our four children then went to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. The organization that I was... Uh, licensed with. I was a licensed minister and it, they, were, they were promoting me or they were upgrading me you might say to, or, to ordained minister. So I went down, we went down to Gatlinburg, Tennessee f- for my ordination. And there was a man down there who gave us gave a, t- a, 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 a sermon. His name was John Garlock. He was a teacher at Christ of the Nations. And he taught some of these things and it stuck with stuck with me over the years and I've it's always been blessing me over and over and over again so I just want to share it with you but what about this man Boaz what made Boaz such a compassionate man what made him such a generous man such a kind man what influenced him in his life we don't know for sure but the Bible doesn't say but let me speculate just a little bit we learn that Boaz, let's find out a little bit more about this man, Boaz. Turn, turn with me to Matthew. Turn in the New Testament to the, to the Gospel of Matthew. Here's where, here's where the story gets good. I love this. Matthew chapter 1. You know what Matthew chapter 1 is? It's the genealogy. Everybody's favorite genealogy. So-and-so was the son of so-and-so was the son of so-and-so. I mean, you know, a lot of times we skip that, but you never, you never know what you're going to find when you, when you read it. Matthew chapter 1, verse 4. We'll pick it up in verse 4. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab the father of Nashon. Nashon the father of Solomon. Solomon was the father of Boaz by Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed by Ruth. Obed the father of Jesse. Jesse the father of King David. Boaz's mother was Rahab. Rahab the harlot from Jericho. And that Solomon was her husband. Solomon the son of Nashon. Nashon was a 
a leader in Judah. And, her, and his son was Solomon, and he married the harlot Jer- from Jericho. So the harlot from Jericho ends up marrying one of the most prominent men in Israel. And that's a wonderful thing, but I wonder what the life, I wonder what the life of Boaz was like growing up. Everybody knew that his mother was a former prostitute. He was not fully Jewish. His father was a Jew, but his mother was a Gentile. Maybe his life was not always pleasant. Maybe life was not always pleasant for this little half-breed, the son of a harlot. Maybe he understood what it was like to be an outcast, to be ridiculed, to be socially excluded. I know the Bible doesn't say this. I may be assuming some things too much, but there's, you have to understand in that day, being a half-breed was not, was not fun. But he, I wonder if the hardships that he suffered growing up caused him to, under, to be understanding and compassionate toward those who were less fortunate, to those who were different, to those who weren't of, of, like everyone else. The story of Ruth ends so beautifully. She ends up becoming Boaz's wife. Now we're going back to Ruth. Ruth ends up being Boaz's wife, and they live happily ever after. So Boaz ends up having a Canaanite mother and a Moabite wife. Is everyone following? Am I just clear as mud? But I love the story of Rahab for this purpose. The former, listen, the former harlot from Jericho marries Solomon, becomes the mother of Boaz, who begot Obed, who begot Jesse, who begot David, from whom came the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. God takes this foreigner, this harlot, and makes her part of the righteous line that led to the birth of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. I don't know what that does for you, but it does something for me. Can I tell you something? God is the greatest recycler in the universe. He takes what people think is junk, and he makes it something beautiful. You know, they always say at a garage sale, someone else's, someone's junk is someone else's treasure. But God, I'm not saying that, that Rahab was junk, but God takes the, the least and blesses it and makes it wonderful. If he, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your background or your pedigree or where you grew up, whether you grew up on the right side of the tracks or the wrong side of the tracks. My wife has often said, I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. I came from a poor family, but look what God has done in my life. Look what God has done in both of our lives. When you come to God, you may feel like you don't have much to offer. But be like that little boy, that little boy who was following Jesus, and they ran, they ran out of food. He says, I've got, I've got some here, but I've just got a few loaves and a few fishes. What's that? But if you just give it to God, give what you have to God, give your life to God, you may not think your life is worth much, but give it to God and watch what God does with it. He took that little boy's lunch and he fed 5,000 people, not including women and children, because, he just, because God can take something that's, not, that's next to nothing and make it wonderful. And he'll do it in your life, but you have to give it to God. 
You give it to God and watch what he does with your life. It'll, it'll blow you away. It may, it may take a while. It took us a while. We've had our ups and downs along the way. But in the end, I pinch myself sometimes because I, I see the goodness of God in my life. The things that I have, the, what God did in my wife and I, in our marriage, in our families. It's, it just blesses me so much. Sometimes I, I almost can't believe it, but I thank God. Just give your life to God. There's so many people that feel that they're not worth much. and They know they're saved. They know God loves them, but they still don't feel very, very worthy. God will make you worthy in Jesus' name. God will bless you and give you a life worth living. It's what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians, listen, listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote in Corinthians. For consider your calling, brethren. There were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong and the base things of this world and the despised. God has chosen the things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are. God delights in taking the nobodies and making them somebodies. God delights in taking a life that's not worth much and making it worth wonderful, making it worth tremendous value. And, and that's still not the end of the story. There's more. I, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is, the, is what we know as the great faith chapter. Look what it says in verse 30. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith Rahab the harlot did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. My God, what this girl, what this lady did, not only, not only did she get blessed, but she ended up in the Hall of Fame, in the Faith Hall of Fame because of what she did. Her faith, trusting that if I, if I take this step of faith, God will spare my life. But he did more than that. He put her in the, in the Faith Hall of Fame. And, and, and she's mentioned again in James chapter 2 about a woman talking about her faith. So this woman that saved the spies became part of the righteous line that led to the Messiah. And what she did by faith is recorded in two different places in the New Testament. Don't tell me God can't use anyone for his glory. So don't put yourself down by looking at who you are in the natural. Look, look at the limitless power of God. Trust in the limited power of God to take any life, your life, and make it beautiful and useful in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. 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 Come on, somebody say amen. 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 Praise God. Father, I just... I just Every time, I think, every time I think of that story, I think of the goodness of God, the compassion, the kindness of God. God, I think that you take a life, any life, any life that's been, that's been surrendered to you and bless it, Lord, and make it something beautiful in Jesus' name. Thank you for working in the lives 
every one of us here. Let us live for you with all of our hearts and bless everyone in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.